My friends, let's hear the word of the Lord for us as we're engaged in it through the gospel in Luke. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, join me in, in Luke chapter 16, uh, or you can have your, you can use like your electronic devices as well and your iPads and phones. And uh, join me in Luke 16. It, within your, your, your uh, bulletins there on the back side are some spaces for you to take some notes as well. If you'd like to do that, join me uh, as we engage in this word of the Lord. So I was two weeks into... Uh, training to be a, a Navy chaplain, uh, and, and as a Newport, Rhode Island, I was, I was a new pastor, maybe a pastor for about two months when I went was when I went to Newport, Rhode Island for chaplain school, and I'm I'm wearing our country's uniform for the United States Navy for the first time, and I got to I have to admit it was a it was a proud time for me to be able to represent our country and wear that uniform. It was something that uh, many in our family hadn't done yet, and so this was kind of a new thing, and I was it was I was new to it. And I'm with my fellow chaplains, and we're walking into the mess hall for lunch, for chow, one day. Well, when we got to chaplain school, the first person that we were introduced to was gunnery sergeant, Marine Corps gunnery sergeant. I don't remember his last name anymore. And he was the guy who was in charge of whipping us into shape, us older in life chaplains, out of shape, used to sitting most of the day, and not being active as our military men and women are. So Gunny had to work real hard to get us to look good in those uniforms and, and to, to, to learn how to left, right, left, right, turn, which we never did get down because we just couldn't do it. So I'm walking into the mess hall with my fellow chaplains, and, um, and, and gunnery sergeant runs by, and he yells out, Food is your enemy! And we all kind of turned and looked, Who's shouting at? Oh, I know that boy. Oh, it's Gunny. Food is your enemy, he shouts at us again. And, and we interrupted our conversation that we were having with one another, and we said, well, what's he talking about? Food is good. I need to eat. We've had a busy day. We've got a busy day ahead of us. I'm just going to have a chow. Anyway, we went into, into the mess hall. There were two conversations that were going on here. One among us as as chaplains, as people who were hungry and wanting to eat some lunch, and, and, and Gunny, who was yelling out this message to us, food is your enemy! What's he talking about? And we went in and, and tried to make sense of what he was yelling at us. You ever been a part of parallel conversations? Most of us don't like when there's two conversations going on, do we? Some of you are more used to it than, than others. About half of you in this room can raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm used to dealing with parallel conversations because you women can multitask better than us guys. I, I, I have one ear for one conversation at a time, and, and I can't listen to more things than the, that's going on. What we find in the gospel today in, in Luke is that there's parallel conversations going on where Jesus is speaking one thing to one group, and that gr another group is hearing another thing as well. What do we, how do we make sense of this? Let, let's go and, and, and hear this from God's word in verse 13, where Jesus, first of all, is speaking to his disciples. And to his disciples, if you can go to that screen, please, Howard, verse 13. No one, Jesus says, can serve two masters. Either you're going to hate the one and love the other, or you're going to be devoted to the one and despise the other. Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. And he's saying that to the disciples those like you and me who have been called by faith to follow and walk in the ways of the Lord, who love the Lord 
and are devoted to the kingdom of God because we're people of his grace. We want to live this way because of this faith that we've been given. This is our, our words. But then Jesus goes on in verse 14 as he's talking to the Pharisees. And he says, God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. Now what sticks with me with this conversation, this, this kind of parallel conversation that was going on with this gunnery sergeant as we were walking into the mess hall, was the look that this gunnery sergeant gave us when, when he shouted out, food is your enemy! Here he is, taking care of his physical body so that he can do what he's called to do as a Marine. And we, in his sight, were doing just the opposite. We were feeding and taking care of the desires, the passions of what we needed to do right then, and that was eat. And he had this disgusting kind of look on his face as he turned and kept on on his run. I just didn't get that. I didn't, didn't understand what that was about. What I see it here for us is that as Jesus is, is leading us in these truths, he's getting at, in, in both conversations, that which is the seat of my heart and my desire. And I'm sorry this next slide doesn't come across real well. Uh, I'm, I'm still learning how to use uh, the, the projection, the slides, in this kind of environment. So you can't see it very well. But what, what, what's supposed to be on there is a heart. That our heart is the seat of our passions and our desires. And what Jesus is getting at in this parallel conversation, one with us as disciples and one with his enemies, the Pharisees, is that where is your heart at? Where is the passion and desire that you've been called into as my people hearing the truth? What is it that you love in life? Is it that you love the kingdom or is it that you love to satisfy your desires? And I guess that's what Gunny was getting at. Do you love what you're called to do so that you would even see food as your enemy so that you can do what you need to do to train this body like he was doing? Or are you just interested in satisfying your earthly desires and passions even if it's having a meal that you think you need? How is that? What is that for us spiritually as God's people? The phrase, the word that Jesus uses is this word mammonos. Mammonos, any valuable, it can relate to an, an earthly thing, or it relates to anything that particularly would seek to enslave us, that would, would seek to give us a desire that is contrary to God's ways and his kingdom, and in fact then becomes our God. Doesn't have to do with just with money. That's the English word that we hear. But mammonus has to do with anything that becomes the seat of our passion, our desires, our first love. Jesus always uses this word in a derogatory sense in the New Testament. It's always used in a derogatory sense. And when it becomes uh, something to us that is the seat of our passion, then it starts to become our God. First commandment stuff. Stuff that's directly contrary to the calling of the kingdom. And when Mammonus becomes our God, then what we hear Jesus speaking to the, to the Pharisees becomes a conversation that we're becoming a part of. Jesus says, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. Well, 
my passions, my desires, my, my loves, they're, they're really okay because, well, doesn't the world go after that? Is this the culture that I live in? Aren't my neighbors doing the same thing? This is what my family needs. And we justify ourselves in realigning ourselves from the kingdom into these passions and desires that really have nothing to do with our first love, God himself. And then we hear this conversation that Jesus is having with the Pharisees, that condemnation of this justification for ourselves. God knows your hearts. <laughs> God does know our hearts. That's why we need, as God's people, to come together like we do, like we did today, in God's activity. Baptism, that call to repentance, to hear again and be reminded of the forgiveness of our sins that's ours in Jesus, that then washes and sets our hearts right in the Lord, with the Lord, and for the Lord. That what our Heavenly Father is passionate about, what He loves, and what He would love so much that He would do something about, is He loves us. He loves people. He's passionate about our hearts. He's passionate about us loving Him with our heart. Only, solely, alone, that the passions and desires of our hearts reflect a relationship with Jesus. I'll never forget that look of disgust on, on Gunny's face when he turned away and continued his, his, his run. Until I began to think about it in, in these terms, of what happens when, when our sinfulness confronts the holiness of God, is that our Heavenly Father turns away in disgust. It's disgusting to God. And in his holiness, he has, not, he has no other choice but to do that. And yet he made a choice out of his passion and desire for you and for me and for people's salvation. That he let his son Jesus take that disgust of sin and, and its condemnation. And he gave it to his one and only son Jesus. This is what Paul was talking about when he wrote to Timothy in chapter 2, verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. Jesus was given the very curse of our sin, and the, our Heavenly Father looked at his own son in disgust and turned away as Jesus bore the penalty for you and me in our sinfulness. Thanks, Lord, for loving me so much and caring for my eternity so much that instead of turning him away in disgust to me, you would, your own son, for my sake, do that. He gave himself, we're told, Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people. He buys us, he purchases us back from where we stood. And what this means then for you and me, we who know Jesus by his grace and through faith, is that as we're brought into the, a loving, eternal relationship with the Lord, my heart then loves what Jesus loves. My passions are what Jesus is passionate about. My, my being longs after what he's longing for. As a disciple of Jesus, my heart loves what he loves. Here's some things from scripture that we're told God, Jesus, loves. In the Psalms, we're told, I love the Lord for he hears my voice. He's heard our cry of need, and he hears our voice, and he does something about it in his son Jesus. We love that, don't we? 
We love the Lord because he knows our need and does something about it. Another, word, another place in the Psalms where we hear, I love to worship the Lord, to be in the presence of his glory. That's something that we love as God's people. We love to be here and to worship the Lord, to experience his glory in just a little bit of a way that's a reflection of eternity. We love that. We love the family of believers. Peter speaks about that. That as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we love one another. We love the family of believers. That's what Jesus loves. And my heart loves what Jesus loves. So we love you, each other, one another. And Jesus himself would say, I love the will of my Father. Do you? Do you love the will of our Heavenly Father? Yeah, we do love the will of our Heavenly That's why it's so important for us to be in the Word of God every day, right? To be in our Bibles. To be in Bible study with one another is so that the will of God might be revealed and made known to us that we might love it as well like Jesus loves the will of his Father. For Jesus' Father is our Father. And we love his will. What my heart loves, my, also, my heart also reflects. And while the inside loving of my heart, passionate with my desires, might be known on the inside, it's reflected on the outside. That's what sanctification is about, right? The Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. My heart, my life now lived out and expressed with those very passions and desires, those things that become important to me as God has defined them for me. Like my desire. My desires aren't controlled by my flesh. My desires aren't controlled by the world around me. My desires are controlled by the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to give in to the weakness of my flesh. For I live in the Spirit. And we are controlled by the Spirit in holiness. And my passions, what I'm passionate about in life, is, is a passion of what Jesus is passionate about. And what is he passionate about? But the kingdom. What we're passionate about as God's people is the kingdom at work among us. Each one of us individually, through our families, in the body of believers known as Bethany. We're passionate about the kingdom work. How that's displayed and carried out. And what, what about then the mammonous, the, the earthly, the worldly things that I've been blessed with, like, like clothing and, and a job and, and, and a house to live in and a car to drive and an income to manage? Well, all of those things ultimately then are for the glory of God, are they not? That Jesus gives them to us as managers, as stewards like this one in the parable, to be wise and use it for the glory of God as the blessings of the kingdom are known among us. So Gunny turned his face around, uh, and, and ran away in disgust. And, and we went in and had lunch because <laughs> we were hungry. Now, we're not going to be living out all of this as God's called us to in holiness perfectly all the time. That's why we live in his grace. But he's called us to take hold of these passions, these desires of the kingdom, of our life in the Lord, so that he might be honored and glorified. This is the, the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is the conversation that Jesus has with us as his disciples to his glory and praise that just lives and known among you and me. Friends, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for the blessing of your word today as it speaks to us 
in the truth of who we are as God's people. We love your ways, oh Lord. We love your kingdom, and we want to be passionate and desire, desirable about those things that you're passionate and desirable for. And, and so lead us in these ways of your spirit, Lord. Thank you for loving us in Jesus, and that our lives are defined by him and his kingdom for eternity. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we pray. Amen. Friends, may the peace of God that we know in the Holy Spirit, a peace that passes our understanding, keep our hearts and minds now in him unto eternity to the glory and praise of his holy name. Let's God's people say amen.